Hi, this is Kate Lindsay, and you're listening to the CVH Podcast. Yes. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, It's Thursday, August 26th. And this is the CBH Podcast, uh, episode 90-something. We're getting up there. Um, I got really, really stuck in the rain two nights ago. Bad. This is uh, Tuesday night. And I walk out of the opera house. Uh, we had been in there all, you know, most of the day. Uh, you know, there's no windows where we work. You don't really get a glimpse to the outside too often. We are people who choose to live in the dark for a living. But, um, you know, so I so walk out of the opera house, it's, you know, almost six o'clock and it's dark, super dark, way too dark for six o'clock in August. And, uh, you look up and you can just see like, this is, this is a bad, <laughs> it's a bad scene, but nothing has started to drop yet. No rain, but you can just smell it. It has that smell and it had been really humid and it was like right at that humid breaking point where you think it's going to, the sky is just going to open up. Of course, there were, there had been no rain in the forecast whatsoever. So, you know, this was a building full of unprepared people. Nobody had an umbrella, of course. And, uh, and so, <laughs> uh, I decide I'm not going to walk. It's about a 25, 28 minute walk, depending on which street I take. And I thought, why risk it today? This this looks like it could open up in any second. So I hop on the train. Now, the train is only two stops for me. Uh, that's how close I am. That's why I'm normally walking. Uh, so I hop on the on the brown line here in uh, Chicago, and I ride around the loop, and then I, 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 I you know make it two stops north, and I hop out. As I'm hopping out, the rain is just starting, okay? So, but there's only like a five or six minute walk from the train to my apartment. It's just starting to rain a little, not enough to, to run, not enough to take cover, uh, but enough to start moving faster. <laughs> and so I can see my, my, I can see my building, but I it can, more, I can see the corner that I need to turn to get to my building. The building sticks up, you know, you can see it, but, um, uh, starting to walk, starting to walk a half a block out into the open the heavens just open, just open up. I can see it ahead of me and it's moving towards me. It's one of those where you're like, fuck. And I jump into a doorway and I just sort of stand there thinking there's no chance. I mean, it's coming down sideways. It's, it's, it's like almost, it's not white out, but it's pretty close. Uh, and, and so all I can do is just stand there and, and think, Surely this can't keep up. You can't, this, there's no rain like this only lasts for a few minutes because you can't, it doesn't rain like this for, for a long period of time. Chicago would be underwater in an hour. <laughs> and so I'm standing there five minutes. A lot of people are doing the same. Some younger kids, you know, wearing, wearing workout clothes or running through the rain, you know, just saying, screw it and do with that. Uh, plenty of people more like me coming off of work, not necessarily hoping to get their, their clothes soaked. And, uh, and ducking into doorways and under atriums and things like this. And, and so just stand there five, six, seven minutes. And there's a little break. And so I, I decide to get a little closer. And I run out again. Uh, there's a gas station two blocks from mine. And so all of a sudden opens up again. I duck underneath the gas station area. You know, where, the, where everybody's pumping their gas. And I just stand there. With other people who are doing the exact same thing. 
Uh, but now this time we're all just breathing car fumes. <laughs> and uh, stood there 10 minutes, pretty much covered, but starting to get a little bit wet. And then the wind picks up and now it's drenching. So I'll go duck inside the, <laughs> inside the gas station, which also a lot of people are doing. And the owner is obviously very annoyed because the door keeps opening and water's coming in and we're all soaked and bringing water in. So I, I'm, I'm nice and I buy a drink. At least, you know, rent, rent, my, rent my space for the next five minutes. <laughs> so what was a five-minute walk is now it's been 30 minutes almost in my, in my, just in my two moves of trying to get to my place. Now I can see my place. So I'm getting crazy and I'm an old man and I'm full of dumb ideas and so I check an Uber. What would an Uber cost me to go two blocks in the pouring rain right now? <sighs> Chicago's already having some kind of Uber crisis because what should normally be a $10 ride is a $20 ride. Well, this two-block ride, which couldn't, couldn't cost more than 5 or $6 uh, normally, was almost 40 It was like 37 and 38 and then I refreshed it, and then it was like 36 and then I refreshed it, and I was like, I can't spend $40 on two blocks. I really can't. <laughs> but I was wearing a suit jacket because uh, I had an interview earlier that day, and I'm like, what? You also don't need to drag this suit jacket through, through the rain. So I'm contemplating getting a car for two blocks. Well, the wait on the car was going to be a half hour. So, okay, forget it. <laughs> you know, when I take the train home, it's really like a 10-minute commute uh, total. So we're like up to 40 minutes now. And so another small break in the action. A lot of us make a break for it and uh, don't get but 20 steps outside of the gas station when it just opens up like it hadn't before. And it, within within 90 seconds, was drenched head to toe, like feet, like shoes, like squishing completely through my, my, uh, my leather bag, which is semi-waterproof. Water was leaking inside the bag. My score got all wet. A fucking mess. Uh, finally make it to, you know, you sort of give up at some, you're trying to rush, but at the same time, you're also trying not to fall down. And, and so, uh, at some point you're just completely drenched. So what can you do other than just keep moving? <laughs> uh, get to the building completely soaked. And, um, I'm not the only one in the lobbies, <laughs> you know, dealing with this, <laughs> creating a huge puddle. And in, in all of the excitement, I hadn't, I hadn't remembered to put my mask on when I walked into the lobby, which is now a building rule here. We're, we're wearing our masks again. And, and, I, and I follow all the mask rules and all that stuff. But in the, in the, in the, in the storm of things, um, I, didn't, I didn't immediately put it on. And so while I'm standing there creating a huge puddle on the ground, the doorman turns to me and like, like, like puts his hand up to his face like, you know, your mask, sir. <laughs> And I'm like apologetic, you know, like, oh, oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> he sees the state that me and several other people are in. Like, it's not, it, forgive us for forgetting the mask uh, for the first three steps into the building. <laughs> so uh, once I realized that this was sort of an asshole thing to do, um, I no longer decided to drip onto the rug, but rather just parade across the nice floor with my all my water dripping off me and so did the other people we all made a move for the elevator <laughs> creating a river <laughs> between the front door and the elevator and of course all shared our stories inside the elevator but just one of those days you're like the weather said nothing about this and then it, it was like flash flood 
I, I, I can't remember rain like this in Chicago. And it, it only, I don't think it lasted more than a couple hours. But it was bad for a while. And, you know, your phone starts beeping with the flash flood warning and all that. And you're like, flash flood warning in Chicago? How is that even possible? You don't, it doesn't make sense. But anyway, earlier that day, uh, Sandra Aradvanovsky and I had a little um, lyric opera of Chicago uh, media thing where, um, they, you know, they're creating content and creating videos. And so they had the two of us sit at a bar with fake drinks, although they offered us real drinks. But it was 11 o'clock in the morning. We decided <laughs> to be professionals. And, um, and so we just sat there across from each other with a stack of questions. And, and um, I feel like the, the, um, uh, the, the producer of it didn't <laughs> maybe didn't have a, a lot of knowledge as to um, what Sandra and I do. <laughs> because Sandra's been running Screaming Divas for, uh, for over a year, and they've got hundreds of episodes. And I've been running the CBH podcast for almost a year, and I'm closing in on 100 episodes. And so, you know, in the last year, we've sort of turned into professional talkers. <laughs> and Sandra and I are old friends, and we get along great. And, and so, um, you know, we're sitting down, and they've got this stack of questions. It must be 15 questions. And so we're picking them up at random and then asking each other and then sometimes we're both answering and sometimes only one of us is answering and and it's, you know, like we're settling in. Sandra and I are settling into our, our respective shows. Um, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm suddenly doing the CBH podcast and she's suddenly doing Screaming Divas and about 30 minutes into it, the producer, you know, we're, <laughs> we're just doing our thing and yakking and going on and on and, and hopefully being um, amusing and, and, uh, and not boring. Uh, uh, but, but um, you know, about 30 minutes into it, uh, uh, the, the producer says, uh, guys, I really think we got what we needed here. <laughs> I think he was looking to put a, put a five-minute clip together, and here we are a half hour into it, just like plowing on through and... and uh, <laughs> I think he quickly realized that uh, they they had uh, put the right people together. <laughs> it's the Sandra and CVH show. I think that's a good show. We should do that show where the two of us sit at a bar and just pick up random questions. Um, I think we're both good. Um, I find that that too often. I'm I'm used to talking right to you. I talk right to you. Uh, you know the few times that I've had uh, somebody in here, which are very popular episodes. Um, uh, when I go back and listen to them, I cringe a little bit. Uh, I don't. I don't. I think that I end up interrupting the person speaking too much, and I know that I do that in my life too. I I do that. I do that um, uh, in many aspects of my life, and it's something I'm aware of, and something that I try and uh, be conscious of and think of. Um, and so, uh, I think because in my show I talk right to you. This is me talking to you. Uh, I'm, I'm used to just running it because it's my own, the only voice here is mine. And so I'm used to, uh, the one creating all the content. Now in Sandra's show, she co-hosts with Carrie Alkema and they have a guest. They always have a guest. So there's three voices there. And I think Sandra is way more trained in listening. Uh, and so I could even tell, uh, in our thing the other day where the two of us are sitting there that I'm interrupting Sandra and, and, you know, probably nobody needs more of me and less of her. I'm, I'm sure anybody going to this video is going to, to, to see the queen and, um, and, and not unhappy that I'm there, but certainly don't need me interrupting her. <laughs> that's, that's how I would approach this video if it wasn't me and I'm looking at it and I'm like, shut, who's this guy? Shut the fuck up. Uh, and so it's something that I'm aware of, but I think it has a lot to do with the fact that I'm the only voice 
um, in this thing. Uh, and it's something I'm working on. You know, and, and I'm not trying to fill dead space. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to talk for the sake of talking. It's just that I, I think that in, uh, you know, closing in on 100 episodes of this thing, uh, this is this is me. It's very personal. It's very, uh, you know, I'm speaking right to you, and you hear me, and we're in this together. But it's just my voice here, and and um, I'm I'm trying to be more aware. So I'm going to try and try and get more people in up here, and and be better at just listening, um, because uh, you know I'm not going to have anybody up here that I'm not interested in, and 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 if I'm interested in them, then I think they're they're worth hearing, and I should hear them better. That's how that went. <laughs> Uh, but they're keeping me quiet in rehearsal because the last three days, Banco has not sung a note. It's funny when you get killed in a show, you think that's the end. You're like, well, it's a hundred, it's page 140, and I'm dead, and uh, and I'll be in my dressing room. <laughs> uh, but not so, especially in the Macbeth story, where Macbeth gets haunted uh, throughout the show uh, by by the people he's murdered, and and uh, and so I get to make a couple more appearances in varying forms of ghoulish blood and guts and I, I think we're just making an incredible show here uh it, it's so rare that uh, you have choristers not rolling their eyes at everything and I've said this before and the chorus here everybody keeps coming up to me and saying isn't this great oh this is such a, that's gonna be such a fantastic effect oh we're gonna they're they're excited about it it's amazing and I don't know if it's having uh spent all this time off the road or out of work, and now we're back and we're just so grateful, or if we're truly making a great, great show. And I have a feeling it's both, but more the latter. Uh, I, I'm, I, I'm convinced we're going to come up with one of the greatest Macbeths that's ever been done uh, in, in an opera setting. Uh, certainly there's some movies out there that are, that are incredible, but um, you know, if, if we were making uh, a, a Tarantino opera, it's this one. Uh, you know, David McVicker likes blood. I like blood in a show too. I don't necessarily like it on me, uh, but I do feel like there's going to be a good deal of blood poured on me in the show. <laughs> it just sucks because there's always like this monster cleanup afterwards. And when everybody else leaves the opera house, you're still there <laughs> scrubbing caro syrup out of your out of your eyelashes. You know, like. <laughs> The whole opera house is empty. Everybody's gone home, and I'm still in the bathroom with you know blood-stained towels everywhere. It looks like a murder scene in the bathroom of the dressing room. <laughs> and the costume people love fake blood. They just love it. <laughs> uh, it ends up just ruining the costume. And and what happens is, and and we're doing it in this one too, is that. You end up having several versions of the same costume, one pre-blood, one post-blood, so that they are that they're only wrecking the same, you know, jacket every night. Uh, you know, you you got to try and keep, you know, you just can't you can't get that stuff out time after time after time. Uh, it doesn't seem to matter what they use; it's that red color that just eventually will not come out, uh, and it's sticky as shit. You know, they want to make it sticky and glossy, and so there's sugar in there, and. <laughs> This is what we do for our art, people. We do this for you. <laughs> uh, yeah, so three days, I'm going into rehearsal and not singing, and everybody's very funny telling me it's some of my best work, and boy, you sound great today, and, <laughs> and keep it up, and all the asshole things that you're supposed to say when somebody's in rehearsal all day and doesn't sing. But 
they're very respectful of my time. They're they're very uh, appreciative and apologetic that I'm there and not singing. And and so really, once somebody says that to you once, you feel so much better about uh, showing up. You, you know, this is my job, and I'm here to do do my job, of course. And I love and believe in this show, and I'm and it's a privilege to be a part of it. I mean that. Uh, and so I don't. I I have no. I have no personal hesitations about being in there. But yeah, you're a singer in a room full of people singing, and you're not singing. And so you, you just it ends up feeling like just a little bit off. So if one person uh, on the production team comes over and says, "Hey, we really appreciate you coming in and doing this," that that means all the difference for me. Uh, just just once, you know, just just a recognition that yeah, we would we would much prefer you be singing too, but the nature of this role is is, uh, you know, silent haunting. Uh, but it's good shit, man. We got a good, good show here. I'm, I'm, I get chills. Every day I get a chill watching a bit of it or seeing the enthusiasm or seeing the, the level of intensity that we're going at. And we've really just still just started, you know. Uh, I guess I shouldn't say that. We're more than halfway through our second week. But uh, today is a company day off. Everybody's off today, so we're going to do... Uh, from what I've understood, I think we're going to go nine straight days, which hopefully puts us on the stage soon. I mean, you know, we're still the only show in the house, and I think Monday Elixir starts, so we may actually be getting kicked out of our room this week. I don't know that. I'm, I'm hoping it's true. It's it's going to be nice to to put this into the bigger space and to feel the hall again and feel our voices in that big room again. And Lyric's got all new seats. They you know they took the pandemic to do something brilliant. And changed out all the seats, and so did uh, so did the the San Francisco Opera. A lot of people changing seats, which you know, for these old opera houses, is is the worst part for me, for a big guy like me, uh, just sitting down in some chair that's just too small and and no leg room. And the thought of sitting there for three and a half hours uh, can be pretty daunting. And so now they've got all new seats. They're staggered in this state of the art way, so that nobody has a head in front of them. You know, as soon as I sit down in a theater, the guy the guy behind me meant. <laughs> Let's out a big groan, or his wife insists on changing seats with him and all that. Uh, so they fixed that. They fixed all the angles, especially down low. Uh, you know where you're not. You don't have any elevation to look down on the show. You're looking up at the show. They they have fixed the angles. They've made them wider. They've taken more of the fabric off of the back of them so that there's more wood. Uh, and more wood means more more acoustics for for the for the show, which is which is important. So we're looking forward to that whole new space. Lyric on the stage has a couple of really good sweet spots uh, that that a lot of people know about, and the singers tend to lean towards those places. But maybe who knows with with the new seats that that may very well have changed. We're gonna find out. Do I sound caffeinated today? I love you for listening. This has been the Thursday show of the CBH podcast from Chicago. Uh, everybody have a great weekend. I'm gonna have a great weekend. You all have a great weekend, and uh, we'll see you on Monday. All right. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Boy,